Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room. It's Larry Gassman, and today is Valentine's Day, February 14, 2022. And how appropriate that we're together today. Uh, not long ago, Kim Nova wrote a book all about online dating. And uh, we asked her to talk about that today a little bit in terms of uh, how... Now, I don't think it necessarily affected her in terms of her most recent marriage, but she's got a lot of tips and tricks, etc., as to how to make it work, etc. She'll be telling you about it. And we welcome her for the, gosh, I don't know how many times. Um, but I would guess at least 30. If I had more time on my hands, I would probably count them, but I don't, so I won't. But I will welcome Kim back to Tech Talk. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, definitely the umpteenth time of some sort for sure it's always a pleasure to be with you guys and yeah as you said i am no longer swimming in the dating pool which is kind of great but you know you have to start somewhere and it's important to kind of know the strategies to use i will tell you guys a funny story before we start ironically enough yes i did meet my spouse online However, we did not meet because we were doing active online dating. That's not the thing that happened with us. We actually met through a classified ad. The really ironic part of this story, however, is that my husband's parents also met via a classified ad that had nothing to do with dating. So it's one of those weird things that sometimes happens. So these strategies that I'm going to share tonight and a little of the info that I'm going to let y'all know about is stuff that not only works with online dating and is not only conducive to that straight you know piece of life but you can also use it for anyone that you were meeting via cyberspace or really anyone that you're meeting in general because some of these tips are just cautionary and tips that kind of allow you to make the process of getting to know someone both easier and safer while you are still having fun so one of the reasons before pre-pandemic that I was writing this book and one of the things that I was saying in the process was an advantage to online dating for us, particularly as blind folks, is that sometimes it's just more convenient. You're not going to the bars. You're not going to social gatherings. Of course, now we're all probably longing to go to some social gatherings and hanging out and, and maybe we're getting more into that now. So while we're talking specifically about online dating here again these strategies will work on both the online and offline worlds so either way you go but of course online dating is very convenient it allows us to meet people from all over the globe it allows us to get to know people kind of more on our own terms and it's convenient because we can meet through our computer keyboards essentially through information that we have written and posted about ourselves and things that we read about the other person. Now, one of the things that sometimes happens, this is as good a time as any to mention, is that a lot of times when you are online and you are looking at someone else's information that they posted via a profile, you'll find that they post lots of photos, for instance, but not necessarily a lot of text about themselves. So they can be the coolest person ever, but if they're posting cool photos of themselves skiing or riding their bike or hanging out with their cute puppies or whatever it is that they're doing, you might not know that because you're looking for texts that they've written about themselves. And some people just don't feel like they're very good writers. 
you don't have to be a good writer cre to create an online dating profile. You just have to be an honest one. And in order to do that, it's not necessary to share your entire life story. In fact, it's probably safer not to. Because, again, while you can write a good, a good story online and you can share a good amount about yourself via that medium... It's not always true. <laughs> One of the things that you may find when you are searching through dating profiles is people who have essentially made a lot of stuff up about themselves. Because there are dangers to being able to sit behind your keyboard. You can create entire worlds. So we'll get to that in a moment about if they seem too good to be true, it's very possible that they are. So let's talk before we dive into more of that is about important topics to consider kind of before you even begin this journey and of course the first thing you need to have is you need to have some way of creating a profile on some of these dating sites you need to have an idea which dating sites you want to join and of course now we hit the wonderful barrier of potential accessibility problems now this changes all the time with dating sites, particularly some of the bigger dating sites. As Larry mentioned, I wrote a book for National Braille Press called Dating in the Digital Age, and that's linked to in the Newswire, if you're interested in checking that out. The book has a few years on it, and as a result of that, some of the things that are discussed there may have changed in terms of some of the dating sites mentioned. But the three that I talked about specifically in the book were Plenty of Fish, so Plenty of Fish, or POF.com, Match, Match.com, and eHarmony. So those are three of the bigger dating sites. You have the ability to join Match and Plenty of Fish as a free member. However, there are upgrades to both those memberships. eHarmony is a fully paid site, to my knowledge, unless that has changed very recently, which I highly doubt. And requires a very extensive setup process and all of them any kind of dating profile generally if you want a pretty thorough profile of yourself out there to the world requires a bit of a setup process so you're going to be spending a couple hours playing but before you do that you're going to need obviously a little bit of comprehensive computer skills you're going to be kind of in a situation where you need to study the sites that you're on to make sure that you're being thorough in what you are reading and what you are filling out. So even though it's a new site, you kind of have to be willing to explore it. You kind of have to be willing to look through that profile and try and see what you need to fill out, what information you need to share, etc. So what I would suggest in a situation like this is, when at all possible, choose your favorite way of typing data, whether that be an iDevice and a keyboard, an Android device and a keyboard, your PC, whatever that is, and then explore the site first. So there are dating sites for all kinds of people. There are very exclusive sites for people of all stripes, essentially. If you are a sporty type person, you want to date someone else who's very athletic and very into sports, they're out there. If you are a Star Wars fan, there are probably websites that allow you to strictly date other Star Wars fans. Now, some of them, if they are very niche as it were, are probably considerably smaller than some of the bigger dating sites. So that's something else to consider. If you have a particular religious preference and that's very important to you, then there are websites that will cater to that. So there's a lot to keep in mind as you are kind of beginning to plan the journey.
The other thing you want to know and to do is to express your own uniqueness. So we all kind of have things that make us different, make us kind of stand out in the crowd. And what might that be for you? And and let's not add blindness to that list quite yet if that's something that you intend to share because that's a little bit of a different thing. But what is it, what is it about you? If you had three friends who were able to say something about you and what made you stand out, what made you different and unique, well, what would that be? What would that share? And maybe that's something that you'll eventually put in your profile or kind of incorporate in some way when you're essentially writing a picture of yourself, a mental or a or a, a written picture of yourself for the world to view as part of your dating profile. You also want to define your qualities. So if somebody were to ask you, what are your three best qualities about yourself? What would you say about that? You know, well, I'm funny and I'm a little irreverent and I'll try anything at least once. <laughs> you know, Or whatever that happens to be. Or I'm resilient and I'm playful and I love a good laugh. So whatever those are for you, those are things that can be helpful to know again when you're kind of planning what you're going to write and share later. Also, who's your someone? Who are you looking for? What are their qualities? And I'm not saying you're writing all this down yet. Right now you're just in the planning stages of, of kind of figuring this out. This is helpful whether you're building a friendship or you're looking for a relationship or if even if you're going out and getting a pet, right? You kind of want to know what qualities you're looking for in someone, you know. What is most important to you? What is very helpful and what will make you know that you found someone with whom you're really connecting so for me it's laughter you know I have to have someone in my life who really just makes me laugh and so that is kind of a a fixture of my marriage now in that we laugh every day and that's huge I think we wouldn't have a rich successful marriage if that wasn't a big defining quality for both of us in terms of what attracts us to each other. So kind of think about these qualities. Like who are you looking for and what qualities are absolute necessities for that person to have in order for you to feel really excited, really like you're going to be a really good match to this person and they're going to be a really good match to you. Now, let's go back to the blindness piece of this for a second. There are two camps. There are the people who choose to share their blindness on their dating profiles and the people who don't. (laughs) I've been in both camps over time, and eventually I left the camp that said I'm not going to share and decided to go ahead and immediately share and put a little thing in my profiles that says, if you have questions, ask. Well, you would get the people in those circumstances who would say, so how much can you actually see? Or, you know, something to that effect. My funny, funniest story that happened to me is a guy who I began corresponding with. We had several conversations. We were local to one another. And he invited me to the symphony. He knew about my blindness. We both had some things in common. And I thought, well, this could be a fun thing. And he invited me to the symphony. That's a pretty good start for a first date. Cool, okay. Until I discover the next thing, which is... Hey, Kim, I got our tickets and I ended up getting us the cheap seats because I didn't think you'd care. (laughs) Well, there was a lot more to this story, but just the fact that, you know, he immediately thought he could just get away with getting the cheap seats just kind of made me laugh. There was much more to the relationship, to the, uh, the building of that relationship, but let's just say that date never occurred and it was quite a fiasco. And things really just began to go very badly. (laughs) So, but it was really one of those funny things that was like, okay, thanks a lot 
for letting me know this and you know i mean it was it was just a, a very strange situation but sometimes people will make assumptions as we know and sometimes they will immediately just be turned off and never contact you in the first place but frankly i came to the conclusion for myself that if someone wasn't willing to ask me questions i probably don't want to talk to them anyway so it's a decision that you would need to make for yourself in terms of whether or not you decide to share it outright. I've found for myself probably more awkward conversations if I chose to share it later than should I choose to share it immediately. On the flip side of that, I've also found that people contacted me more readily had I not shared it first versus when I did. So it's kind of a little risk that you'll want to consider how you choose to take it because you could have risk either way and however you share particularly if you are on a mainstream dating site so let's now talk about crafting your site profile you've decided well okay i know there are things i need to consider and and things i kind of want to do in advance i want to dive in i want to create a profile on a website well first of all you want to pick the site's site or sites upon which you want to create your profiles and this could really depend for you as to kind of who you're looking for what i definitely recommend is at least trying one of the more large mainstream sites if that's what you're into because there is a large dating pool to swim in on these larger sites however if you are let's say you're on some kind of list or social media page or something and you want to kind of create a little dating bio about yourself through that forum, then you can use some of these tips here as well to do that. And then if you want to choose some more niche sites or spots to create a profile, then you have the opportunity to do that as well. You'll just want to do a little research on what sites are of interest to you. As mentioned, some of the larger ones and the ones that I covered in the book that I wrote for MVP were uh, match.com and eHarmony.com. eHarmony, the last time I was in it, we're not going to specifically talk about sites and uh, site access specifically for individual sites tonight, but eHarmony, the last time I was on it, and admittedly that's been a while, was not a good experience. There was a time, however, when I was part of it, and it was a great experience. So these things change and shift and I ended up writing at the last time that I attempted to use eHarmony to eHarmony support and I heard crickets. I have had previous experiences with support that were far better than that and you know support waxes and wanes at, at places and you just never know sometimes how that's going to work out for you specifically if you have issues that may be screen reader related it's really important to work on your skill sets to make sure that kind of you know how to get the benefits out of the sites that you're joining so that you won't have to write support about that when you're writing to mainstream support about screen reader issues usually they can't help you they don't know what you're talking about so you know that's just another piece of this whole thing so once you find sites at which you choose to create profiles let's talk about a few tips that will make your writing process easier first of all write from the heart this doesn't as i mentioned earlier need to be a process in which you are skilled you don't have to be a great writer to create a heartfelt profile you do however have to be willing to write 
you have to be willing to kind of put yourself out there and say, hi, I'm Joe. I'm, you know, these are the qualities that I'm seeking. This is what I like to do in my spare time. I'm, you know, have two kids and they're hugely important to me and, you know, I have them every other weekend or, you know, whatever this. And you may not want to say I have them every other weekend, but you may just want to, you know, stress the importance of your kids in your life. And, you know, one of these days I'd like to have a dog and, you know, go travel the country, maybe in an RV or, you know, whatever. So it's important to just kind of write from the heart about who you are and what is important to you in your life. First impressions do count. So you want to be careful when you are creating your profile in terms of what you're saying and kind of how you're saying it. In other words, probably don't put up the first draft of what you wrote. Read it over a few times. Make sure it makes sense to you. And, you know, if you have someone you love and trust who you want to check it out for you, then maybe they can have a little bit of a say-so too and saying, oh, well, maybe if you tweak this sentence right here, you know, I'd, I'd understand more what you're trying to say or, you know, whatever that happens to be. You also need to choose whether you want to create a brief profile. So a lot of profiles on sites will allow you to create like a bio section, a biography, or a pretty significant group of paragraphs about who you are. You want to kind of decide whether you want something concise or whether you want to put a lot of detail. There are advantages both ways. Many picture, many people who join a dating profile or join a dating website to read profiles are specifically going to look at a photo and leave. <laughs> and that's unfortunately the way these things go. So sometimes the less you write, the more a person is willing to read it. Of course, they may not read anything because they may just be looking at that photo and if they're not into you, they may leave. Of course, if that's the type of person they are, they may not be someone you want in your world anyway. So, you know, this is kind of just how these things work. There's a thing on in sales, a motto, a maxim in sales that says you have essentially just got a very small number of seconds to hook your person who's coming to your website. And it's a little like that with a dating site as well. Sometimes if you don't immediately kind of grab them with what you're saying or what you're sharing or the pictures you're posting, they'll wander away to someone else. So I always tended to create very detailed profiles because I kind of put on the websites what I wanted to be able to read. So I would rather read a more detailed profile from someone who I felt took a lot of time and care in creating their profile versus creating a short, brief profile. But it's really up to you. If you just don't feel like writing is a good way for you to convey what you offer and you'd rather wait for someone to contact you or you would rather contact someone else, then certainly a briefer profile will work maybe better for you. Just make sure that you've put a few things in it, like again, the qualities that you're seeking, maybe your best qualities, and what makes you, what you think makes you kind of unique and special. Then of course, there's the importance of honesty. Um, <laughs> this kind of is one of those things that comes up a lot. Many times on a dating site, it is full of trickery. You know, people are out there saying all kinds of things about themselves. Like they live in a mansion and they live on the beach and, you know, they're living their best life. And, you know, a lot of times if you're posting things about your life that just aren't the case, eventually you'll be caught out and people will not trust you as much. Excuse me, I'm getting just a sip of water. Excuse me. So at some point, it's kind of important to decide how much you want to share 
and what you want to share that is real and true. So don't build yourself up if something isn't really you, if something really hasn't happened to you that you'd like to happen to you. I don't suggest putting it in your profile. Hey, I'm a millionaire who lives on the beach. You know, I mean, it's probably really obvious some of these things, but it is important to remember that, you know, a lot of people do do this stuff. They'll share plenty of untruths about who they are and what they're experiencing. So it's something you need to look out when you're looking for other people's dating profiles. And it's something you want to consider not to kind of blow up or self-aggrandize when you are creating your own. So don't blow up your own image. Then, of course, there's the obvious things like spelling and grammar matter. If you aren't someone who's good at these things, run it through words spell check or pages or whichever word processor is your preference or get someone else to take a look at it as well. Don't overshare, another really important one. Sometimes particularly if a site has a paid component and let's say one person has to be part of the site to contact the other. So a lot of times you can't contact someone through a website, through a dating site, unless you are a member of that site. So one way that people try to circumvent this, and admittedly I've done this, is to share an email address as part of your profile. Hey, please contact me at... Well, if a site doesn't immediately catch it and pull it down, it's still not a safe place to go. Number one, people can scam you. Number two, you can get spam at your email address. And it's probably just not smart to just go putting your email address all over the internet because your information can be picked up by creepy crawlies that you don't necessarily want to have it. Now, email addresses is only one way, obviously, of oversharing. There are people who post phone numbers and profiles. They post their cities. You know, there are things, especially if you live in a small town, that you probably just don't want to do as part of your profile for safety reasons. So keep that in mind. Going back to photos, you definitely want at least one. Now, again, people can post photos that aren't them. And that's just something to know. So you just want to be careful when you are looking at other people and their profiles. And, again, if you are a screen reader user, you're probably not going to know what photos they posted anyway. So that's just kind of one of those little gotchas that may happen when you are looking at other people's profiles. Sometimes there are tagging functionalities available that allow you to, if someone has bothered to fill it in, kind of get some idea of, this is me and my dog on the beach. But the person has to have filled that information in. Lately, in the last several years, probably five or ten years, there have been more video components added to sites. So you have the ability to video chat with someone and post videos of yourself. So maybe that's kind of more conducive to your style. Maybe you're more comfortable being able to talk on a video. And you can't just post audio. Again, this is one of those things where you would kind of have to post yourself on a video. So, you, you know, that's something that's available as well. And the ability to chat kind of face-to-face -face virtually is also an option. I don't know what, I mean, it's going to depend on the site, what interface they're using to conduct these video chats. So they might have their own kind of exclusive built-in interface. I doubt it's something like a Zoom kind of interface, for instance. But that's also an option. So anyway, the point of that is showing your pretty face is pretty much essential, whether that be via a video, via an actual photo that you have up, or a group of photos that you choose to put up. 
Someone told me the story once of a friend who she had who posted some really beautiful pictures on her dating profile of like her guide dog and you know they were just hanging out and doing things together and she had really great photos and really great content and because she posted of her guide no one really was contacting her and she kind of thought that was probably the reason that that was happening because they saw that and they were they were not really sure how to how to deal with that. So again, it goes back to people being scared of blindness and scared of what they don't understand. Unfortunately, that's a thing that occurs. So let's go to some cautionary advice for the journey. There's this whole thing of what to reveal and when to reveal it. Let's say someone has contacted you or you have contacted them. Let's talk about that for a second. Again, in in the case of many dating sites, you have the ability to contact someone only if you are a paid member. This is not always the case. Sometimes the free sites do allow you to contact other members. And sometimes one member has to be able to be paid to contact another. So you can either contact another paid member or sometimes as a paid member you can contact a free member. just depends on the site. And, you know, kind of how that works for an individual site. But once you've done that, once a contact relationship has been established, you aren't talking through your email addresses. You're contacting the person through a site-based interface. So these are usually very accessible. It's usually just an edit field that you would go into with your screen reader and you would type. And then, you know, sometimes you can share emojis and things like that. And then you would send that little message and you get a notification in your inbox in your regular mail inbox that says Joe has responded to your message and then you have the ability to go in click on a link in that message that you received and that takes you back to your site inbox where you can then read and respond to your friends your new your new acquaintances message so this kind of goes back to what to reveal and when one of the first things that you probably want to reveal is an email address, something that would take you off-site so that you don't have to click on all these links to contact this person. You want to be pretty sure you know how for real they are by that point. And sometimes this can be difficult. (laughs) So I certainly wouldn't be revealing my email address in the first week. I would give it a couple weeks and make sure that you're having ongoing, consistent um, conversations with someone. I would want to make sure that red flags weren't being raised in terms of what they were doing and what they were asking for and you know kind of what was going on if they're immediately on you to give them their phone number and your email address i suggest walking away because you don't know what that's really about sometimes someone's just sad and lonely and really just desperate for contact sometimes there's more to it like they're fishing for cash so you just want to be careful about what you're revealing and how how long it's taking you to reveal that information Also, it kind of goes the other way, too. If you're asking someone a specific question and they're hedging on you, they aren't really telling you, and it's something important, then, again, that's something that may be a red flag. Going back to the are they for real question, if they look too good to be true, it's very possible that they are. (laughs) So some of these are just kind of choices that you need to look at and things that you need to kind of figure out in your own mind it's very easy to look at a nice shiny profile and someone who's saying all the right things particularly when they contact you and immediately allow yourself to become attracted to that and sometimes you have to think whoa you know what's going on is this is this 
real is is something you know you don't want to be a skeptic you don't want to be a cynic all the time but certainly sometimes things happen and you just aren't sure you know you just don't know so you've got to kind of have your little spidey senses going and also pay attention to what's being said and whether a person is being vague about certain things about themselves um, if someone is living in their mommy's basement and they don't want to share that information with you because maybe they're embarrassed or, you know, whatever, or, you know, who knows, then, you know, <laughs> when you ask someone, well, hey, you know, do you live in a house or an apartment or, you know, just, just kind of casual things that you might want to ask and getting to know each other. And obviously they're not going to maybe tell you their, their address, you know, nor should they, and nor should you immediately. But, you know, if they're if they're hedging on things that you feel are very obvious questions, that may be something that you want to kind of slow down and think about. I once thought I was in a really, really nice kind of getting to know you phase relationship with someone and everything was going great. And then all of a sudden he vanished. So this wasn't a scary situation. It was just an upsetting one because suddenly he was gone. <laughs> and we've been talking for months. And sometimes this just happens. Sometimes the other person, rather than saying, hey, I'm just not that into you, will just wander away. And so these are kind of things that you want to keep in mind as well in terms of kind of feeling this person out, paying attention to what they're saying. And certainly there's a lot of articles you can read about dating safety. And if a dating site is worth its salt, it's going to have a lot of really good dating safety information on it as well. Now... There's another little caveat and category of people who you want to keep in mind. These are the people who write you and tell you immediately how wonderful you are and how excellent you are. And they're immediately just throwing on the flattery. And then they say, I really need, you know, and, and sometimes these are people from other countries, not always, but in many cases. And they'll say, you know, I really need to come to the U.S. because everything's so stressful here. And could you lend me 500 bucks? Sometimes, I would say 99% of the time probably, you don't want to do this because they're just in this for the money. They're looking to get some cash off you. And the moment you send them that cash, they're going to ask you for more. And once they think they've gotten you as dry as they can get you in terms of your cash funds, they're going to go bye-bye. And that's going to be the end of that. So when you meet this lovely person who is automatically saying all the sweet things and how anxious they are to meet you, and then they come off with a money request, you might want to run. Also, read between the lines. That's important. If Again, if something is being said or isn't being said that is kind of making you go, huh? Then pay attention to that. This person may not be very for real. Keep your physical and emotional safety at the forefront. So once you decide that you're ready to meet, you want to be very careful about where you meet. You want to make sure people know that you are going to be meeting in person with your potential date. And you want to make sure that someone will be calling you on your cell phone at some point during that meeting or that you are willing to make a call during the course of that meeting to let someone know that you are cool and that everything is fine. So you just want to make sure no matter how great they appear to be, that somebody knows where you are and where you're going to be throughout the course of this date. There's also your emotional safety. If at any point during the course of getting to know this person that you are not feeling safe, you are feeling threatened, you are feeling like this person is just something's off, you're, you're creeped out, they've said things to you, they've made 
references. They've, you know, made, you know, put out some lines, whatever that happens to be. You want to keep that in mind as well and, and know when to walk away. Sometimes, no matter how good they may be in terms of what they're saying and, and how they're acting, when things like that happen, when you're feeling a little bit like something is off, it's very important to go away. And if you are feeling unsafe at any point, either physically or emotionally, just walk the other way. It's not it's not worth it. As much as it can be nice to have that person who you feel, they really love me, they just don't know how to show it, it's really not worth that in terms of when you're not feeling safe, that's not love. You know, If you can't talk to someone and say, I'm not going to be treated like this, and they continue to do it, that's problematic for you. So you need to know, you need to be able to set up boundaries and to know when to walk away. Uh, This also goes back to the too fast, too soon thing. So if someone is immediately wanting your phone number and your address and your mailing address and to meet you within a week of beginning to talk to you, slow down and decide if this is something that you actually want to do with this particular person. Don't let someone back you into a corner. There are also strange people out there. Maybe they're just meeting you because you somehow fulfill a fetish for them. And you need to, again, read between the lines and kind of know what's up. So, you know, some of these things are hard. Some of these things are kind of difficult to do. And they take a great deal of soul-searching and really paying attention to the signals you're getting. And sometimes the too fast, too soon rule, by the way, can go for you, too. Sometimes you're just like, oh, you're awesome. Let's get together. And maybe the other person isn't ready. Sometimes it's not a matter of safety or that the person's just creepy. Sometimes you're just two people who one of you just may be overeager to meet and the other person's just not ready yet. So you just need to slow down and kind of respect the other person's boundaries. Be communicative. Again, if someone isn't answering questions that you feel you need answered, then you want to consider that. You also want to make sure that you are your lines of communication are open, that you are being open and honest with the person that you are talking to, as well as as much as feels safe to you. You know, you don't want to overshare again. So all these are kind of fine lines. Sometimes you kind of feel like you're tiptoeing a little bit, but that's important. You know, when you when you first meet someone, let's say you're just going out and you have a friend introduce you to another friend. You're not going to probably share your entire life story the first night you meet them. You know, you're going to kind of get to know somebody a little bit first because, you know, you kind of have this thing when you first meet someone, or at least I do, like, I don't know, are they going to like me, you know? So you try and be authentic, but you're not going to share your entire self <laughs> to begin with. And that's probably a good thing. And, you know, you just kind of want people to get to know you and know that you're for real and and be authentic and have a genuine experience of meeting someone and getting to know someone. But, you know, you don't have to share everything immediately. There are perils to wearing your heart on your sleeve. You have to be careful about that. So let's talk a little bit now about websites in general and how you deal with that. There are usually different sections on a site when you join. There are basic sections where you'll fill out the important stuff that a website would want you to have, such as your name, your email address, 
Sometimes a phone number is required, obviously, about your age, your gender, your height. You know, some of these things that a site wants you to put into a profile. Some of the information, like your email address or phone number, might be something that a site needs in general to allow you to sign up. So these are things, again, that you're going to put in immediately when you join a site. Again, many of these sites are paid. So in the course of setting up your site, Sometimes it's before, but generally it's kind of after you've created a shell of a profile, then you're going to pay for a site membership. So you're going to pay usually either monthly or yearly. Sometimes there are sites that allow you to pay for more than a yearly membership. But generally you're going to pay a monthly or a yearly fee with some of the paid sites like Match.com. Match, as far as I know, still offers a free membership as well. But you don't get all the perks, so you can't just contact whomever you wish to contact. That's the other thing about using websites. You'll be able to view other people's profiles, so it does pay to be willing to kind of have some exploration and you know, be willing to kind of wander through a site and learn a little bit more about how you view that site. Many times you can use first letter navigation, such as hitting navigation or moving link by link to help you, but if it's a brand new site to you if you're on a pc for instance i definitely recommend using your arrow keys because you're just kind of exploring you're just kind of getting to know the site in terms of going back to you writing on the site there are places usually that ask you questions so there may be sections that say well what are your interests um if you had three wishes what would they be you know i'm just pulling some stuff out of my head here um you know what's your ideal vacation what do you like to do on the weekends? What qualities are you looking for? You know, there may not be something that straightforward. It may just be more like, you know, what are your favorite things to experience when you're meeting someone? Or, you know, I'm doing this kind of badly, but there are different questions that may be asked on a site that kind of draw you out a little bit and make you think so that you can write, you know, kind of clear concise, enjoyable paragraphs about yourself that someone else might wish to read. Other sites, rather than having you write lots of paragraphs about yourself and share lots of, say, physical traits, like your brown hair and your green eyes and you know, whatever, will also have a full profile that you need to fill out with which it uses to match you to other people. Match does some of this. eHarmony is kind of famous for it or infamous for it depending on your point of view and you'll spend probably an hour and a half to two hours filling out this very detailed profile that eHarmony asked you about and you'll check a lot of check boxes and radio buttons and fill out a lot of information about yourself and then eHarmony will use that along with some a little bit of written content that you create to match you with other people and the site algorithm does the matching you know you're not necessarily going on the site and picking people to contact it's giving you a list of people that you feel that it feels that you are matched with and you can utilize that to contact some of those people now occasionally and this happened to me once you'll get information that says this person has now been thrown off the site we're sorry you met, we matched you with them. They turned out to be a not okay person and we tossed them off. Or we don't feel that they were an okay person and we tossed them off. So sometimes that happens as well. So it's really going to depend on the site in terms of what you're asked to do. Many times you kind of get what you pay for. So when you create a more extensive profile, sometimes if there is a matching algorithm involved, 
then you're probably going to get someone who fits more of the qualities that you're actually seeking. However, on some sites, again, you do have the ability to swim in the dating pool and make your own choices about who you contact. And sometimes that's cool. You know, sometimes that's a great thing. Um, you know, sometimes it's maybe better for you, you know, kind of depending on how you work, <laughs> what your style is, to have those matches come to you. And then you can kind of filter through the people with whom the site has matched you and say, hmm, I don't know, maybe. Or, yeah, this is someone I definitely want to contact. Now, you have no control over whether the person will contact you back, of course, in any situation. But you can kind of pick and choose who you talk to. There's also, again, the piece of ex about accessibility. Generally, I found that most of these sites are relatively accessible. Sometimes it'll depend a bit about on which platform you're using. So, like with any sites, sometimes the platform is going to make it more or less accessible. Sometimes you'll find a site that works beautifully on iOS that doesn't work well on Android, or vice versa. Or you're going to find a site that you can't really use via uh, via the PC, for instance, but works really beautiful via a mobile a mobile site or a mobile phone. You know, so that's kind of one of those things that's unfortunate because if you only have one way of kind of reaching out and using your site, then, you know, it kind of takes away from perhaps making that site more accessible to you. So, you know, if you have options, if you have, say, a phone and a PC, I suggest if one way isn't very accessible, try it another and see if that helps. See if that makes it a little easier for you to access that information and make it easier for you. Oh, going back to sites for a second, I'm just looking through my notes here. Another thing that sometimes happens is that you can, for instance, Plenty of Fish used to and probably still has a bunch of assessments that you can take. So, you know, how passionate are you? <laughs> or how friendly are you? How social are you? You know, whatever. And you can fill these out and these work as part of your profile. They're made public to those people who are viewing your profile. And they will be able to check them out and see how compatible you two are based on the assessments that you filled out. Many times these aren't required, but it's important you know, to, if it, it, it might be important to someone else who's reading your profile. Um, you know, so it just depends on how much you want to put into it. There are other dating sites, some of these smaller sites, that will strictly, you know, have you kind of fill out your, your name and your age and your height and your weight and your, <laughs> your eye color and hair color and whether or not you have kids or want kids. And you can write a little paragraph about yourself and that's the extent of the profile. So it really depends on where you want to share and, um, you know, kind of how you want to share. They're used to, back in the day, I don't think any of these still exist, but, it, you know, enlighten me if they do, if, if I'm wrong, because I'd be interested to know. There used to be places, I'm dating myself a little bit here, where you could go and you could have actual phone dating chats. I had a few disastrous experiences on, one, on those. I was home from college one time, and I had met a guy, through one of these phone dating sites, and he called my house at midnight making some very suggestive remarks on my parents' answering machine. I was probably 20 or so at the time. That was not a good experience. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think anything like that still exists, but if it did, perhaps that may be something that is 
more interesting to you. But again, all the cautionary advice still applies, sometimes more. Because again, you can be whoever you want to be on a phone. So, you know, just just kind of be aware. If you are specifically going into a niche website, you know, something that, you know, having a particular topic that brings you both together, sometimes you'll have a little bit more success on those. But again, as I mentioned, the problem with those can be that they reach very small audiences or smaller audiences. So it may be difficult to kind of meet someone who's either within your general area or who is perhaps willing to kind of get to know you and work you know work to get to know you it just depends depends on the site depends on the people there um you know i've had some i've had some really interesting experiences on dating sites that ended up having nothing to do with dating i met a guy on a dating site once we became friends and we're still friends and it's been like 15 years (laughs) so obviously dating never worked out for us but it became a really cool friendship and we still keep up with each other so sometimes just just kind of just kind of hold out and know that some things just don't work the way you anticipate they they will and case in point of course i was once looking for a braille embosser and ended up marrying the guy who never sold me the embosser. So, you know, sometimes things just don't work the way you, the way that you would anticipate them to. So, But now I you guess can I use would... it for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so keep an open mind, you guys. You just never know how things are actually going to work themselves out. Your Your valentine may not be who you think. So, you know, keep an open heart. <laughs> Okay, here's the first, uh, uh, Jeannie. Do you know if any of these sites have age limits? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, you know, not not that I'm aware. Usually, pretty much anybody can join most of these. Um, you know, there are sites for people of certain ages. You know, sometimes you'll see, like, an over-50 site or, you know, Silver Singles, things like that. I don't know if that still exists. But, you know, sites specifically for, you know, older, more more experienced adults. But, you know, generally speaking, any of the mainstream sites, anybody can join them. I mean, if you're under 18, obviously, you really can't join any of them. But for anyone, you know, 21 and older, you you got no issues. Yeah, Nikki, you're up. Go ahead. This is not specifically about dating services. But what happened to me on Facebook quite a few years ago was um, there was a guy in Afghanistan. And he was stuck over there. And he was looking for a pen pal. So I thought, okay, you know, I'll be your friend. Um, because I felt sorry for the guys over there who weren't, you know, they didn't want to be there. And it turned out, or he, he said that he was, uh, he was an officer and he lost his wife and he had a couple of kids at home, but he was just looking for a pen pal. So I thought, well, that's cool. Cause I wasn't interested in developing anything more, but what I didn't do was I didn't go down the page to see when he had posted his first post. So if you get, if you folks are on, on Facebook as well, and you get a friend request from somebody you don't know, and they only post it for the first time a few days before, or a week or so before, or a very short time before, they're probably not the same person. So something he asked me, that I thought, well, he's getting far too personal. So I Googled him, and it turned out that he was still, li- still he was living with his wife and children back in Virginia, he was retired. And so whoever this guy was had taken his photograph and was pretending to be him. 
And that was really, really scary. So now if anybody friends me, and I don't know who they are, I just go cancel. So that's another thing you need to think about because people are, are you know, on all of these different sites, they're coming on as different people and they're out to scam you more times than not. So be very, very careful. Thank you. Yeah, that's a wonderful story, Nikki. Thank you for sharing that because it is very, very true. I had a similar experience with someone and sometimes the internet can be your friend in those situations. If you kind of search someone out and figure out mm, either this person is known for scamming other people or they don't exist or as you said, they do exist but someone has stolen their photo and is sharing as them and all these all these pieces that can happen. So yeah, that's a very good cautionary tale and you know, again, with Facebook specifically one of the things I try and do is see if I have mutual friends with someone who contacts me and then from there I can kind of look at them and go okay well they're friends with so and so and so and so is a pretty smart cookie and kind of picking people to be friends with on Facebook so you know maybe but you know you, again you know the caution is is real you really have yeah, that's to. a good idea too you know just yeah just being yeah. very very careful that's all absolutely thank you thank you okay Carla's up Hello. This Hello. Is, I'm finding this very interesting but scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no way to really make it fun and, and kind of rainbows and butterflies without sharing the scary stuff. I'm sorry. And I just, you know, it's funny. Ever since I sort of lost in love uh, and, you know, I've been lonely and things like that. I'm, I'm you know, it's it's just, it's a frightening prospect because, it almost feels like if you go on a site or you do one of these things, you feel like you're putting your head on a chopping block mm -hmm. or something, or you're putting yourself out for sale or something. It's just not a good feeling. It's an artificial feeling. And I, I, I don't know how, how you would respond to that, but it's a catch 22. If you don't, um, you know, if you don't do something, you'll spend the rest of the Valentine's days in your life alone. But if you, do it you can get burned and I, I don't know what your advice would be it's just just crazy in, in a, an ideal world I'd like to meet somebody in person doing something I funny story I was teaching a an adult Spanish class and two of my students met in the class and they fell in love and they got married oh. and don't you think that when I signed up for you know they met in my class I brought oh. them together don't you think I didn't think when I took an Italian class that I was thinking well maybe there'll be somebody single in here that's that's interested in languages and but they were all married or else they were all family members and so it didn't work out for me but you know I just so I don't know what your thoughts are about, you know, the scariness of it and, you know, the artificialness of it and whether or not to do it or what kinds of people do it. You know, sometimes you wonder. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I totally understand your thought process there, Carla. It's It can be really hard to, number one, put yourself out there. And number two, sometimes, like you said, you do kind of feel like you're kind of putting yourself out for sale and you're really not sure who's going to contact you. And you kind of feel like you're on pins and needles all the time and, you know, just trying to watch out for, you know, are they for real? Is, is, is this happening? But when you were talking about that before you mentioned your, your two Spanish students meeting in your class, that would be the first thing that I would say is if that... If 
if that really feels completely disingenuous for you to put yourself out on a site with the finding number one other uh, either other virtual ways or again in you know ideally for you in person ways is to meet people that way with activities of interest to you and, you know, maybe kind of try to broaden that group of people with whom you're kind of in contact and kind of go into some of these activities and seeing who you met and kind of who you got to know. Sometimes one of the interesting things that can happen is you might not necessarily meet someone during an activity, but you might meet someone who tells you about someone or meet someone who says, you know, I've got a friend that you two would get along great. And, you know, once you kind of get to know people, sometimes they open up and, they share information and you know you kind of get to know them and you kind of get introduced to other people i had a friend speaking of spanish i had a friend uh, in the uk when i went over to her wedding years years ago they wanted to hook me up they wanted to introduce me to a friend of theirs who was from spain and it turned out he was so painfully shy that you couldn't even really even have a conversation with him but it was a really funny kind of sweet thing that they're like oh you know let's let's kind of meet you know you you should meet this guy and you know whatever and actually a friend of mine had come over with me and and he and she got along more famously by far than he and I did. So sometimes it's kind of choosing the venue and trying to figure out where you would feel more comfortable. Because if you're if you're truly uncomfortable with the process of, of putting yourself out there at all in terms of a dating site, then it's probably not the way to go for you because you're always going to be a little on edge. And it's not supposed to be stressful 100% of the time, even though sometimes I make it out to be like that. Because you, you are kind of having to pay attention to the scary stuff. But if there's none of it that's fun or, or a sense of adventure for you, you know, other ways are probably better. Okay, looks like Nikki has something else to say. There was a period of time where I just, I'd, I'd come out of a bad relationship and I didn't want any more relationships for a long, long time. And my daughter and my other daughter, her best friend, decided they were going to hook me up to a dating service. I started getting all these notices and I told them, I said, what did you do? And they said, well, we decided that you needed to find somebody and go on a date. And I said, well, I'm not going to. So I canceled it. However, they, when they saw how many responses I got, they went on the, they went on the same, I forget which one it was, mismatch or something like that. And they both found their husbands that way. (laughs) (laughs) However, however, my, my daughter, was talking to her husband. Well, my daughter is, well, this is complicated, but my daughter is gay and she met what she thought was another gay woman who actually wanted to become transgender. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the middle of all of this. It's been a fascinating journey, let me tell you. But they were online for six months before they even met each other. Sure. So that's another thing. You really, really get to know each other. And then of course, when they met each other, she and my other daughter, and several other friends went with them, with went with her. But also, many of their friends, I would say at least five of their friends, met their husbands online. Um, and they've, they've had wonderful relationships, but they take a long time before they yes. get to meet the person. And I think that's part of the key. That's part of the key. And then take your girlfriends with you so you're not alone. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, those are wonderful tips. And it is true. I mean, you know, you don't want to dive into anything. Take your time. I mean, Chris and I knew each other 10 years before we got married, you know, and that's, I mean, that's a long time. That's, that's taken to the extreme, but you know, we've, we've known each other a very long time and you know, it's just, but it really does kind of make things sweeter and richer when you're actually having it. It wasn't right before it. 
yeah. it wasn't right before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fascinating. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Once again, boy, this is amazing. We have had a complete tech talk with Kim doing the whole thing and Chris not saying a word. <laughs> Who would have ever thought it? <laughs> I know. Oh, he laughed at one point. I heard him. Did he? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he laughed at one point. <laughs> uh, Kim, we, do, we have just enough time. Why don't you go ahead and give us some contact information? Love to. Absolutely. Um, if you want to check out the book that I wrote for NBP, first and foremost, you can go to NBP, which is National Braille Press, nbp.org. You can check it out there. You can either type in my name. I don't know if you want to type my maiden name or my, my married name, but if you just type me in there, you'll find it. Or if you just type dating, that's probably the easiest way. If you want to check out the book, it's available in multiple digital formats for your reading pleasure. You can also get in touch with me in my Mystic Access role by visiting the website mysticaccess.com or you can contact me by email kim at mysticaccess.com and that will get you straight to me. Very cool. Uh, great presentation. Very enjoyable. and I, uh, it, it was different. We haven't done anything like this before and I liked it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Pleasure, Thanks for doing it. Next week, David Kingsbury will be here. His book about uh, the screen reader primer will be released Thursday, and he will be with us next Monday to talk about his new book on Tech Talk.